0: From 2 Corinthians 13, 13 The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. We are so glad that you are seeking God with us, and we pray that the message you are about to hear is a blessing to you. I am Brian Niebank, pastor of Zion United Church of Christ, Fireside in Bellevue, Ohio. I thank you for joining us today as we seek to walk together with God, expressing our love in Bible study and prayer, living the life of the church and serving others, and worshiping God. May God bless you today. Let us pray. God, may the meditations of all of our hearts and the words of my mouth be acceptable in your sight. O God, our rock and our redeemer, amen. Every young child has a fear. Sometimes they are afraid of the dark. Sometimes it may be acrophobia, which is the fear of heights. Pateromenophobia is the fear of flying. Claustrophobia is the fear of enclosed spaces. Agoraphobia is the fear of open spaces. Astrophobia is the fear of loud but natural noises in the environment, like a thunderstorm. Many times we never truly get over a fear that we have had since our childhood. Other times we may develop new fears. Sometimes we are afraid of catching a particular disease. Fear can also also cause us to do or not do many things. As a child, we may not want to go to bed because we do not want to be in the dark, alone. Perhaps you needed to be sure that you kept the light on all night so that you never had to be in complete darkness. How do we respond to our fears? When I was growing up, I had a mild fear of heights. When I did climbing merit badge at Boy Scout camp, we had to climb up to the climbing tower. Climbing up was not the issue, but when I got to the top. I had to come down. They told us to come down by holding on to the rope that we were attached to and slowly leaning backward until we were no longer standing on the top of the tower but had our feet back on the top of the wall. It was hard to trust that rope, even though I knew that it was sturdy. The feeling of leaning backward when I knew that there was nothing below me for 75 feet was difficult to get used to. After a few times, it did become a bit easier, but I responded to that fear by eventually trusting the encouraging voices that were below, even though it may have taken five minutes before I did. Without that encouragement, that fear may never have been conquered. While I was never afraid of the dark, I have heard many encouraging stories from friends who were. Sometimes their parents allowed them to sleep with them that night. A parent's mere presence helps to comfort a child. Perhaps a parent had to check under the bed or in the closet to reassure a child that nothing would harm them. The patience that parents give their children to reassure them is remarkable, and it is needed to help them begin to move past some of their fears and to take bold steps into the world. In order to become servants of God who are willing and able to step out into the world to make a difference, we cannot be afraid of many things. We need to be able to trust that we will be okay If we never had anyone to guide us and to be patient with us, we would be afraid to reach out to people. Everyone has met a child who hides behind their caregiver until they see that their caregiver is not afraid of this person. They watch, and they learn. We watch, and we learn, too. We watch other Christians and the faith that they are able to have in this world. And we try to be inspired and encouraged by them. In the same way, other Christians and non-Christians watch us. If we are worried, it seems like God is not helping us to feel better. But when we trust God through anything... They marvel at how can we be so calm when we have so much going on around us. After Samuel anointed David as the new king that God had determined, the Lord left Saul, and Saul became occupied by evil spirits. His servants found him someone who could play the lyre to comfort him, and whenever the lyre was played, Saul was comforted. The servants had heard that David played the lyre very well, so they had sent for him to be the king's comfort. And it is unclear how much time had passed while this arrangement between Saul and David was set up before the next story is told in chapter 17. But the Philistines gathered their armies for battle, And Saul gathered the Israelite armies to stand against them. The Philistines were those who lived in the east near the Mediterranean Sea, and they fought often with the Israelites in the Old Testament. Their territory was what is now modern day Gaza. The strongest army among the Philistines, who was known as Goliath, came out to challenge the Israelites to find one of their own who could match him in battle. The young David volunteered, telling Saul that he knew that the Lord was with him and that he would prevail because the Lord was with him. Saul, who has been trying to seek the Lord's forgiveness since Samuel last left him, which we read last week, was ready to let the Lord fight this battle. When Saul questioned David's youthfulness and lack of warrior skills, David responded, The Lord who has saved me from the paw of the lion, aimed from the paw of the bear, will save me from the hand of this Philistine. He had fought off these animals when he had been caring for his father's sheep. Saul gave him his blessing and tried to support him in every way, by giving him his own armor as well. But since the armor was too heavy for David, he met out, he, went, he went out to meet Goliath without it, armed only with his faith that God would see him through this challenge. If God was on his side, anything was possible. Because Saul was afraid to fight Goliath on his own, he offered a reward for anyone who would succeed against him. He promised wealth, marriage into his family, and exemption from taxes in 1 Samuel 17.25. He was afraid, Saul was, because God was not with him, and he knew this from what Samuel had told him. Even with his best armor, he needed someone else to go out and fight this Philistine. David is the unlikely volunteer, simply supplying the army with food, as was sent by his father, Jesse, who heard, uh, David heard that Goliath defied God and the people of Israel, and he would not stand for it. David wished to prove God's reign on earth among the Israelites. And even though David's three eldest sons discouraged him from being near the battle, in verse 28, he ended up talking about how this Philistine must be defeated and David would not let this go. And Saul eventually heard of this and called David into his presence. For David did not want the God of Israel to go defied every single day. Iva Driggers notes that we face a similar enemy today. The world taunts us and our belief in God, telling us that God cannot save us from this big and strong enemy that we face. She writes, the world scoffs with Goliath at the proposition of defeating the seemingly unbeatable giant with a single smooth stone, just as it it scoffs at the proposition of defeating sin and death through a singular incarnate love. This moment when David defeats Goliath proves that God is, in fact, with him and that God's will is working itself out even if it does not happen immediately. David was not immediately made king after he was anointed by Saul, or by Samuel. But he overcame all odds to prove that God had, in fact, anointed him. What will help us to believe that God is also on our side of the battle today? We might face all odds against the world today, but with God, can we overcome these powers? What lesson can we learn from the young David who went into the valley to fight Goliath, knowing that God was on his side and that God would see him through to victory? David told Goliath, You come to me with sword and spear and javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. This very day the Lord will deliver you into my hand, and I will strike you down, so that all the earth might know that there is a God in Israel." God desires leaders to seek after God's own heart. The prophet Amos prophesied in Amos 5, Thus says the Lord to the house of Israel, Seek me that you might live. Seek me that you might live. In Proverbs you read, in Proverbs 8, I love those who love me from God's perspective, and those who seek me, diligently find me those who seek me will diligently find me second chronicles 16 encourages us that anyone who seeks god will find strength the eyes of the lord range throughout the entire earth to strengthen those whose heart is true to god David sought after God even while his own strength would not win the battle. Most of all, David trusted God. David could have feared the Philistine as the whole army did and as Saul did, yet he did not. He turned directly to God and told Saul with confidence that God would deliver Goliath into his hands. A child learns to trust his or her parents in the same way. He or she seeks after his mother or father, excited to be with him or her. And thousands of children across the world today will be celebrating Father's Day to celebrate what a parent and a father and mother do for their children the best gift that a parent can give a child is the gift of, the, of quality time. Is your heart true to God as a parent's heart is to a child? And as a child's heart is to their parents? If you are truly seeking God, God will strengthen you If you find your peace in other things, though, you're relying on your own strength, strength which will not win against your own Goliath. We have been seeking to learn more about the Holy Spirit and to be guided by the Spirit so that we might have confidence in the Lord. We start out with with faith the size of mustard seed, and we nurture its growth through prayer, through other Christians and through friends who encourage us, and by reading the Bible as well. If we do this well, the seed will continue to grow. A seed, though, will not survive if we only give it water. It needs sunlight and good soil as well. Our seed of faith, will also not grow if we also do not give it all three of these things. Our seed of faith needs prayer, fellowship, and scripture in order to grow from our mustard seed that we start out with. These are the ways that we seek God's heart and God's will. When we seek God, God gives us the strength That we need. When we celebrate David's victory over Goliath, we also look forward to slaying our own Goliaths, our own enemies that we have been trying to conquer for years or even decades. With the faith that David shows us, we can call on God to do God's will if we know that we are hearing God's true will. How do we know that? Keep praying. Keep reading. Keep seeking. Those who seek God diligently will find God. We can choose whether we will live in faith or in fear. Will we allow fear to overcome us? Or will we ask God to take this fear away? The disciples in the boat in the Sea of Galilee did not know that Jesus could take that fear away with the power of God. When a windstorm arose, they thought that they would perish in the sea, and they woke up Jesus, who was calm as could be. Shocked, they asked Jesus if he even cared that they might perish. He knew that Jesus did, that, that God was greater than this fear. Jesus compared their fear to the fact that they had little faith. He rebuked the wind, and the disciples knew that they had befriended more than just an ordinary guy. Just because you find yourself afraid from time to time, or even multiple times a day, does not mean that you have little faith. It only means that your faith has room to grow. We may never reach the point of a true lack of fear while we live within this world. But if we keep seeking God diligently, we will get close. Do not let the world distract you from seeking God. Seek God even in the most trying and in the busiest moments. We build our hope on nothing less. If our anchor is in God, it will hold, and it will never give way. David sought God above all else. A child seeks a loving parent above all else. Like a father comforts a son, God is always helping us to win our battles and never wants us to lose our battle with the world. Bring your rock with you to take with you and put in a prominent space to remind yourself that the seed grows when you seek God. These rocks which David used to slay his Goliath can be used to slay yours too. In a busy moment, They remind you to pray. They remind you that you are blessed. They are exactly the distraction that you need. God be with you, you who seek the will of God as your seed grows. Thanks be to God, and amen. (laughs) As we know that our hope is built in nothing less than God, let us sing together, My Hope is Built, in our purple books, number 226. Thank you for joining us here at Zion United Church of Christ Fireside in Bellevue, Ohio. If you would like to reach out to us, we would be thrilled to journey with you on your walk with God. Call us at 419-483-6658 in the United States. Reach out to us on our Facebook page or send us an email at zionunited@gmail.com at with any prayer requests or questions you may have. Remember to make time for God and confess Jesus as your way to God to give you hope in this life. May you be blessed by God and be a blessing for another. We hope to see you again.